do, 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 do. All right, here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is uh, episode number 229, I think, sweetie. Yeah. Does that sound about right to you? I really don't know. Um, so what is Zen Parenting Radio? Um, sweetie, you know who you are? You're a spiritual and emotional mom. I am. And I'm a logical and practical dad. We discuss transformational wisdom, everyday challenges, and pop culture to encourage what, sweetie? Um, we do that to encourage laughter. Yeah, what else? And self-awareness. Yeah, what else? And empathy. We have three daughters, ages 7, 10, and 12, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, sweetie, to become better you. And always remember our motto, which is, the, the best, best predictor, predictor of a child's, child's well-being is a, a parent's self-understanding. Jinx by Mia Coke. Yes. Um, so this is the gist for today's show. We're going to be talking about behavior. Who doesn't want their kids to behave? Oh, yeah. That's a kind of a crazy question. And But specific, specifically, specifically... As specifically? Um, we have two different examples that are kind of intertwined. We had our two daughters who were kind of in a little bit of an argument they yesterday. They were in an argument, yeah. Uh, but then you had something that you learned. Um, yeah, so I, um, Shafali um, is doing, uh, Dr. Shafali Sabari is doing a, like a kind of a teleseminar, a little uh, virtual conference right now. And she asked me to jump in the other day, um, which I was so glad she did because um, it's awesome. Yeah. Like I love, you know, it's so great to um, just to be in that learning experience with her because of what the other people are bringing to the experience. Because again, it's virtual. So a lot of it's on social networking. Right. And then, you know, the, the teleconference and everything. Anyway, do you want me to say what it no. was? No. Okay. Well, I will say this. She said something just kind of in passing on um, on a social networking page that I just grabbed, and I've been talking about it ever since. I even texted her and said, oh, my gosh, this information is the like the most important information I've heard in a long time. Mm-hmm. So that'll keep people listening. That's right. Um, behavior is neutral, sweetie. Did you know that? Honey, that was the thing. Oh, is that you the thing? You just gave it away. <laughs> But so people are going to listen. I thought you meant like you're going to get into the gist of the podcast. Well, I will, but that was the sentence that I saw. So I basically <laughs> took all of your um, limelight. You it, it was a the balloon. I took the spotlight. You took the air out of my balloon. No, I don't mind you taking the spotlight, but what was funny is I had just said I th- I, people yeah. are going to stay tuned for this, that. This is what we call <laughs> in the podcast world a miscommunication. <laughs> Yet another one between Todd and Kathy Adams. All right. So, but first we want to promote a few things. One is Dr. Kelly, our chiropractor. She's our partner. She's been our partner for a long time. And she's got something special coming up on Wednesday, May 6th. Um, She has a Mother's Day special. And you enjoy a quick workshop from Dr. Kelly. You get 20% discount off of Kai and Kate, which is her... Um, it's other... the store that's next door. Right, exactly. It's, um, yes, and, and, and it's actually owned by a friend of ours named Katie. So May 6th, check her out. I'm sure it's on her webpage, chirotree.com. Um, and then what about the Empowerment Project, sweetie? We so on that? Monday, May 18th, um, we are hosting a movie, a documentary screening called The Empowerment Project. The Empowerment Project is about ordinary women doing extraordinary things. Basically, it shines a light on what women are doing every day. Um, some of the women that we don't normally get to see in the media that aren't highlighted. And 
we really feel the reason that Todd and I chose this screening or this documentary out of all the ones that are out there is it really um, was similar to what we used to teach in BU, which was giving girls who are younger, pre-adolescent teenagers or even girls who are in college a different perspective on you know what women are already doing in the world of work and careers and life. You got to see it to be it, sweetie. That's and the bottom line. That was the line we used to use in BU is you got to see it to be it. And again, there are always pioneers and people who tr- you know try forward and create their own path, but it really is helpful to um, to young girls to see the possibilities yeah. because then they stay open to their possibilities. That's right. So our, high, our recommendation is make this a date night with your daughter. Dads, take your daughter to this movie. That's Moms, right. take your daughter to this movie. The, we usually bring documentaries to our community that are, that are often just for adults. Yeah, but not and this time. This is for kids, like sure. nine and up. Right. And not just kids, uh, teenagers, college students. Like this, it's not... My buddy Scott's bringing his daughter and I think she's 19. Really? And at 19, 19. And um, our friend Georgia is bringing her two daughters and her two daughters are grown adults. Yeah, 20s or 30s. Yeah, so this is not, when I say it's for kids nine and above, I don't mean it's a child's movie. It's an excuse to hang out with your kid doing something kind of fun and important. And after the movie is over... And popcorn. Any popcorn. Todd and I are going to facilitate a short discussion about the movie and then you can continue that conversation as you go home. That's the idea. We want to just open the door to a great conversation and um, this movie will do it. So go to zenparentingradio.com. Com, click events, and you will see where you can get tickets. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Mother's Day retreat, which is coming up, but we'll do that a little bit later. Okay. So how about that? So um, I think the best way to start this topic of this podcast is to explain how uh, our two daughters were having a little bit of a debate yesterday. Right. So it was about bows and arrows. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't, which is kind of the gist One of One of our kids has a, got a bow and arrow up play one. Yeah. But it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's archery. And it's hers. She got it for her birthday. And she didn't feel like sharing right. with her sister. Right? Well, and again, it's bigger than that. And I don't even think we I'm, need I'm to talking get... surface. Okay. She, surface. Yes. This is the surface part. Okay. Of, so she said no. She said no. I don't want to. And it's because... Uh, oftentimes she asks to borrow things from her sister. No, you got it opposite. Okay. Yeah. Actually, the she said no... Well, here's the thing is we don't even need to get into – I just the, want them to understand the basis of this surfacey argument. Okay. I, I understand. So yes, one asked if they could borrow something. The other said no. And the reason that she said no is because sometimes – You say no to me. Exactly. Exactly. So the one kid wanted to say this is how it feels. Right. There was a kind of a little and bit of And my thing a, was but if you do that, then the odds of that sister – sharing with you tomorrow is not as good. Whereas if you share today, the odds are good tomorrow that when you ask to borrow her coat, she'll say yes. And that is a very evolved and adult way of thinking. Right. Because it's very difficult in that moment to say, hmm, well, she never shares with me, but, or never, that's too strong of a word. That's not true. Yeah, they're mostly really good sharers and everything else, but they're... Yeah, they have their times. And um, she said, oh, you know, if I share though, then maybe she's more likely to share. I think that's a very mature, especially the more I'm learning about the brain and the way that our rational brain works and the way that we process information. Kids don't even have that fully developed yet. Yeah. They can't see those possibilities. Even if it's something I spell out to her. Yeah. Like I say, this is, so here's usually what happens when our daughters argue with each other. Most of the time 
I stay out of it. Me too. And you stay out of it. And they resolve it pretty well. And they usually resolve mm-hmm. it pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I was on my computer there at the, you know, in the living room. I was upstairs. I'm like, there they go. And I'm just listening and I'm like, they're, they're still going <laughs> and they're still going. So eventually I just get frustrated and annoyed. I'm like, I'm going to step in and do it. So this time, you know what I tried to do? I tried to instill a little bit of humor. Okay. Try to make him laugh. And so, I don't even remember this. Why? Well, yeah, I haven't told you this. Oh, okay. Um, this was after a lot of planning. When I say planning, there was no planning. I just kind of <laughs> decided to do it. There was a, a yardstick and a, the inside of like wrapping paper, that cardboard yeah, cylinder. Uh-huh. I, I brought them both outside and I say, you guys have a sword fight. One with a yardstick oh. and one with the inside of the wrapping paper cardboard thing. But the wrapping paper cardboard thing was really kind of flimsy. So they started going at it a little bit. Fun. You know, they're laughing. So was the was it to resolve or yeah, was it, was it completely, to de-escalate? It was a com- it, 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 yeah, it was to kind of decompress the situation. De- okay. But it was also kind of funny and silly. And sometimes I could just kind of silly my way out of it. Sure. And then like, they forget. And then they forget. Right. Well, this wasn't working, and then the one started uh, cheating during the sword fight. How do you cheat during a sword fight? Um, well, uh, the one's uh, cardboard thing kind of fell apart, Unraveled. and yeah. yet the yardstick, which is a weapon, yes, kept going. So I grabbed her, and it was raining, and I actually um, put her on the ground and let her back get all wet. And I was kind of laughing, and she was laughing. Oh, okay, so she was. Yeah, it's not like she was crying. Silly. If she started crying, it would have stopped. But well, I was just being I would- silly. Oh my gosh, that story sounded awful. So basically, you kind of wrestled. I started with tickling her, tickling her, her. Got and it. wrestling okay. with her, and her back. I threw her on the ground. If she would have cried, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to kind of like be aware of which direction this is going. So because she could either laugh she was it laughing, off, right? Or if she starts crying, then I know that I got to stop that pretty quick. Okay, so, now I understand what you're saying. So that was my silly way of trying to figure it out. Okay, um, I'm. I'm not going to say I'm not proud of it, but it certainly didn't work because they got back. They, they picked up where they left off. They're like, okay, now that we're done with that. Yeah, now, now that dad's little three minutes of parenting is, is gone <laughs> and, and nothing is better, yeah. let's keep on fighting about yeah. this. Yeah. So then what did you do? So I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. Um, so I was upstairs cleaning out my closet. Yeah. Four bags. Simplify. Of clothes out, gone. Um, and I could hear them. And like you said, I could, I normally just stay out of it, but it was continuing. And I felt like I started to get uncomfortable and I don't know about everybody else listening, but I can feel when there is a sense of dis- discomfort, like I want to de, like you said, deescalate this situation mm-hmm. or at least break it up. Let's some air out of the balloon. Let's some air out of it because usually can I'm you, just. Can you give any examples of language of what types of things they were saying to each other? That um, well, I, I, their voices got louder, mm-hmm. and there was a sense of you're not hearing me, you're not hearing me. They weren't saying those words, but there was started yelling. They got a yeah, bit. they were there was it got loud. And now um, some parents are be like, yeah, every day. Right. That happens to us all the time. But quite honestly, most of the time, these girls kind of figure it out at a normal tone of voice. Well, and they kind of argue in a passive kind of way, like, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. There's that kind of thing. Whereas if it's boys, like, you know, not boys, sometimes girls, but me and my brother used to, like, physically go at it. Right. So well, I'm, and I'm, girls do too. And girls, uh, yeah, you, you did with yeah, your sister, right? Yeah, we would fight sometimes. But in our household, we're just lucky where these, you know, the worst it gets is they shout at each other. Well, and you're saying lucky, I think that there is some method to this. We have created an environment to... Created to or set the tone for, meaning that it's not lucky. It's not like yeah, these true. kids came into the world and they don't fight. I think I'm being humble. 
I'm, right, but I'm trying to even make it be even more humble, saying that it takes work. Meaning we're we're not we didn't just oh isn't this great that our children because they do argue yeah. there's no doubt about it but the, what we're getting to in the gist of the story is there has to be some kind of shift in what's happening here how can we handle this differently and that takes time yeah. and work yeah and what patience patience and what I and and sometimes it doesn't work like mm-hmm. you said it's not so the the humility mm-hmm. that I bring to this situation is it's not a perfect system yeah. but I have a thing I have an aversion to that word mm-hmm. because then someone will say well see you're lucky yeah, you just but look lucky. at my situation no I I will be boastful and say we absolutely created an environment for our girls to treat each other respectfully most of the time. Most of the time. And then when they don't, then yeah, we we're not take lucky. something from it's it It's because right. we work on ourselves and we take the time to have discussions. And that's kind of why I want to bring this up because you did something and had more patience than I did yesterday. So I came downstairs and said, I, and I said, and I, this is the thing is people be like, well, how did you start what you were saying? Or what kind of speech did you give? I come down and say exactly what I just said to you guys. You guys, I've been listening to you upstairs and my stomach started to hurt based on what you were saying to each other or based on the volume of your voice. And I said, help me understand what's going on here. And so then they each get an opportunity. And again, this is very important, you guys, because a lot of times we come down and we believe that we know who's right and Mm -hmm. who's wrong. Yeah, we already have judgments. And a lot of times that's based on history or who's older or who, who was mean to who yesterday. And we make grand assumptions. And if there's one thing, it's not just about this issue, but Whenever you're dealing with an argument between your kids, regardless of who's older or not, um, ask both of them what they experienced because – And what's tough sometimes is you'll ask, hey, uh, tell me what happened and the other one will chime chime in. in. So then you got to tell them to be quiet. Or – Hold on. Hold on. Because, and here's the thing. If you're doing it for the first time, they may not understand what's happening. But I feel like the girls know this is a... They'll each get... They'll each get a chance. So yeah. when I say, hold on, I will get to you. They trust that yeah. I will. Yeah. They know I'm not going to override that. Right. So I'm going to be general and say that they both kind of told me their perspective. And of course, it's conflictual, mm-hmm. meaning it's con- they contradict each other. Mm-hmm. And and then at the same time i could tell that the more that they talked about it the their emotions were coming to the surface about it right which tells me that it's not about what's happening in that moment there's history underneath it just like when we're angry with our partner or angry with our children or angry with a friend there's what's it's happening rarely in the just present just about that one thing it's yeah. about something else yeah there's like what's happening in the present and then there's your emotional triggers your yeah. history that is coming to the surface and it has nothing to do with what's happening you're you're just my point is is that what they were trying to explain to me was minor but their emotions were so high that i knew there was something underneath it mm-hmm. so I felt like they both kind of got a say and I said I said at this point because you guys can't hear each other because they kind of were trying to talk over each other I said separate for a while not like you go to your room you go to your room you're in trouble but make a choice to separate for right. a while because and they kept trying to say but 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 and I said just get away from each other for a while go outside just mm-hmm. go away I said you guys cannot hear each other right now right you know you can't even if you're 100% correct you can't hear each other so there was a separation, and within that separation, I think one stayed downstairs, one went upstairs. They had kind of an emotional, like oh, I'm so you mad. know, like a release yeah. and some tears, and not a full blown. It just I could feel they were both releasing. So, I went back to my closet, mm-hmm. 
and let that be. And then after about 15, 20 minutes, I went to one of my daughter's rooms and she was in there. And I said, now tell me again, it was just she and I, what went on there. And so she told me the basics and I said, but what's underneath, you know, okay, so you're mad that she can't, you can't borrow this or that she, you say she never shares with you, but explain that to me. Cause I see something different. So explain to me when you say she never lets you. Basically, we just unpeeled the onion mm. all the way down to I miss spending time with her. How did you get from point A to point B? Because um, that's hard. Like if I'm a kid, be like, I'm mad because she won't let me borrow her stuff. And I and here's the thing. I validate that. I get it. But you're so mad about that thing. Is it just about Is that thing? Is it just about that thing? Right. And I totally use kid language. I'm not throwing jargon at her. Mm-hmm. I'm really just trying to dive deeper into when you say she never shares with you, I saw her share an hour ago. So when you say never, what do you mean? Well, at nighttime, you know, this is what happens and I want to spend time and she doesn't want to spend time. And I and so I have to be kind of the tech detective and say – You got to put your Sherlock Holmes hat on, You got to put your Sherlock Holmes hat on. And your pipe. Remember that from Best in Show? Uh, when he's part? like the the dogs, the hound dogs. Yeah, he's like because that was that one guy that was Christopher Guest's dog, mm. and he's like they should have him wear a little <laughs> hat and have that, a little pipe. Yeah, that the uh, Sherlock Holmes dogs. Uh, maybe I can pull that up. Yeah, Christopher okay. Guest. Um, or no, that's that guy. He yeah. And, yeah. So so we you know you just dig deeper, and then I reflect it back to her. So you're saying at nighttime. You miss spending time with her the way you guys used to. Yes, we used to do this. We used to do this. And so I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense to me. And and I – instead of telling her to not feel that way or she shouldn't – it shouldn't be about this or why – there's no judgment in it. There's just like I get it. So then I say, okay, that makes sense to me and I feel like she's like all right. And then I left and then I went downstairs and uh, my other daughter was in the mud room with the door closed. That was interesting. Yeah. Well, she couldn't find a spot of her own. What Do about you, her room? Well – that's right next to somebody else's room. Yeah, right. She needed – so I went in there and I said, I said, now tell me and from your perspective what was going on 20 minutes ago. And she shares and she keeps thinking it's about a shoe that her – it's silly. You know, that she messed this up. She needs to fix this and then I'll share or whatever. And I said – it, same kind of thing. I said, okay, the shoe. You keep focusing on the shoe. I'll fix the shoe. Oh, yeah. Now let's get the shoe out of it. Yeah, let's remove that let's from remove the equation. Let's remove the shoe and then now tell me. And it was the same kind of onion peeling where she was like – it was basically I feel like she doesn't hear me. Mm-hmm. I feel like she – you know, um, she's constantly telling me what to do. Right. And when I actually vocalize what I want, um, you know, and the thing about – our girls, and I think this is the same with most families, is they have different personalities. Yeah. And so some need, you know, like my my daughter that wants to spend time with my other daughter at night, my other daughter likes to be alone at night. Mm-hmm. And so what I kind of worked on with uh, my, my younger daughter was this is how your sister is seeing it. And I talked to her and, you know, she's – to me, it just seems like – I kind of took responsibility instead of saying this is what she said. I said to me, it just seems like she's missing you. Yeah. And really she's angry because she just wants to spend time with you. And what we're trying to do is empathy. The, de- the definition of empathy is to be able to see a situation from the other person's perspective. Jump in their shoes. Which is really hard to do. Right. But when you brought this up to her and said she just really – misses you like that's 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 a a, quite a shift because the one is like well this is how i'm feeling but now we're asking her to think about it 
from how the other one is feeling. And that's where the magic happens. Exactly. And here's the most beautiful part of this is once we got through it and we were able to say, and she was like, well, this is what she's missing about me. She's Mm. missing that I need to be alone, that I need. And I was like, I totally hear that. So what are the options here at night? Let's get off of this issue because it's really about nighttime. What are the options? And she kind of came up with some. And she's like, I don't know, maybe this, maybe that. I'm like, yeah, those sound good. We don't need to like literally create a plan. I just want her to get that brain going. So then- I left that room and I went back up to my closet and that was it. Mm -hmm. I didn't make them come together Mm -hmm. and shake hands Mm -hmm. and say, okay, now here's what's going on. Resolved. Good. I'm such a good parent. Great. I left it alone because the the work to me, I felt, again, I kind of go with my gut, was done. You're arguing. You're mad about something. It's really not about that. It's about something below. Can you see each other's perspective? But I did this separately. Mm -hmm. So there was no like... You know, and they both did. I mean, they don't, it's not as magical as something in a movie where they're like, oh, yes, I see the light, but you can see the brain, the wheels churning. Well, I have a few thoughts about this. Okay. But first. Okay. She has really given him a thorough going over. Are all judges that thorough? I mean, she looks at the teeth. It's very important that all the attributes are examined uh, teeth, eyes, Runs ears, Ouch. gums. Am I seeing right? Where is she putting her hands now? Uh, she's just checking out the dog's uh, testicular area oh. to make sure <laughs> to make sure that, uh, that everything is intact. Hate to go out on a date with Judge uh, Edie Franklin and have her judge me. That would be no fun. Uh, you know what would be funny? I don't know if they can do this. Uh, uh, just an idea off the top of my head. Why didn't he put the blood on, put on one of those Sherlock Holmes hats and put a little pipe in his mouth? Are they ever allowed to do anything like that, dress up a dog in a funny way? No, that's, that's not quite what the purpose of these shows But it would. Be, I think it would really get the crowd going. You know, you know what I mean? The Sherlock Absolutely, Holmes hat yes. with a pipe. I don't know if you could make it look like smoke's coming out of the pipe. I think that would be a little dangerous. <laughs> I'd get a kick out of it. Um, so here, first of all, sweetie, you earned your money yesterday at parenting because my solution was the sword fight. <laughs> and then I went right back to work. So like my solution was like three minutes long. And down on the ground with a wet back. Yeah. And it didn't work at all. And then I went back to my computer. Right. And you thankfully have the patience of an amazing mother, which oh, you that's are. That's nice. Thank you. And you spent like, I think at least 10 or 15 minutes with each one. Yes. Now it was Saturday. Yes. So we had the space in the day yes. to do such a thing. Yes. But that was pretty- it's a big point. Amazing. And this is, it's like these little things are the big things. Yes. If you have the patience, which I didn't have, but hopefully one of the two parents has the patience, assuming there are two parents, to listen- because you probably did more listening than talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or asking more questions. Yes. Because, okay, you say you're angry about that, and I hear that, but what what makes you angry about that? Like, what has she said in the past? Well, she, you know, and then you continue to unravel yeah. that onion. Peel back the onion. Yeah. Um, and then the best part of the story, which you haven't shared yet, <laughs> yeah. is what did we see half hour later? So it was kind of cool. So like I said, I didn't, uh, quote unquote, resolve it. And you didn't there bring was them no, both no, back together. No, no, they're done. I'm done. You, they Moments talk it through. Over. Moments over. I'm back to my – so it, it was like about 30 minutes or an hour later. I was downstairs and I heard my daughter come back in and say, can I borrow this bow now? Like, And, and again, brave to come back yeah. and try again. Yeah. And my other daughter said, okay, but for like five minutes, okay? 
And the other daughter said, okay, good, good. And and I looked at my daughter who said for five minutes, okay, and I gave her kind of a wink, like mm. didn't say, oh, great, good job. But I was just like, because I know that was hard for her. Yeah, because she part of her didn't want to do that. Totally. And she, and she But then here was the best part. Then the daughter who borrowed it, and I was back in the kitchen by now, mm-hmm. she said – I heard her. She said, will you come outside with me? And again, this is the one who says, I miss you, or the one that's feeling like I miss her. Will you come outside with me? And my daughter was, she was reading a book or she was on the couch, the other one. And she said, no, I don't really want to go outside. And then my daughter said, listen, I don't know how to do this bow and arrow, but you do. And I want you to show me so I don't take a bunch of time trying to figure it out. Will you do that? And then my daughter said, sure, I'll get my shoes out and come out with you. And I was astounded. I looked at my older daughter because then, you know, the other daughter went to get her shoes. And I looked at my daughter who said that. And I said, that was awesome. Yeah. And it wasn't made up. Like she wasn't manipulating manipulating, because she looked at me like, what was awesome? And I go, that was so smart, Mm -hmm. meaning you needed something. You let her know why you needed it from her, meaning she has the skill set you don't have. Mm. And you said, will you come help me? That's vulnerable. Yeah, she displayed vulnerability. And, I thought that was amazing. And she's the older sister yes. of the two. Yes. And usually the older sister is the... Got to be the one who knows more. Right. Yeah, and, and that tends to be usually the way it is. Yeah, and my... Um, appreciation for that part of the story is I just looked out the kitchen window and we had this park across the street from our house and I just saw them literally like they're like a hundred yards ahead of me or out outside so I couldn't see anything but just in the distance I saw them running around playing this game with the bow and arrow together and it was you know one of those fatherly wonderful moments you know moments that I can take no credit for because I had the sword fight well and the beautiful thing is is it's like a nice little like Dun, 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 yeah, like little right. story. And we because, rarely have those. Right. They don't always like work out like that. But why it was so beautiful is both of them, when they got to the bottom of their onion, one missed the other yeah. and wanted more time with them. And the other one didn't feel heard or valued. And in that situation, one got to spend time with the other yeah. and the other one felt heard and valued. It so, was crazy. So if I was going to give our listeners some advice, um, one is I would say – have the patience, which I didn't have yesterday, but if you have the patience to take some time, because as parents, we want to, we want the quick fix. I want right. to get back. You want to get back to taking clothes out of your closet. I want to get back to my computer. Mm-hmm. And you stopped what you were doing. You had the patience knowing what's most important. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And and the next thing is to li- ask questions and listen. Right. And it's just so simple but not easy. And let me give this as an example is is people who say, oh, what you guys are talking about is permissive or how do you discipline or what's the consequence? Do you understand from that situation that the work of talking to them actually takes more time and is inevitably more emotional and harder, yet you get a better result in the long run and you actually help them intrinsically motivate to do something different? Mm -hmm. So if I were to go down there and say, you guys are yelling at each other, you're both in timeout, I'm taking the bow and arrow away, what's being learned? Yeah, where's the the teaching? So when people say, you guys are permissive or whatever, um... It's actually quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. It takes so much, much time more work. to actually talk through something. Right. And when you say, well, my kid wouldn't listen, that's because you haven't done it yet. Yeah. Try it a few times. Yeah. Act like you would like a different outcome because taking the bow and arrow away and telling them they're both bad people for fighting Doesn't... makes it 10 times worse and hurts their relationship right. and hurts their relationship with you. So I think we can all 
you know, and again, they don't always work out so beautifully and perfectly, but that is always my intention when people say, well, how do you discipline? I don't really discipline. I just try to attend to what's happening. Yeah. Why is this happening right now? What's going on below this? What have I not heard? What have you not been given that I can now help you with? Not, and I don't mean material. Yeah. I mean time, space. You know, because sometimes I try and have these deep talks with my girls, and they'll say, "Mom, just give me time." Right. They're trying to say, "I don't want a deep talk with you right now. Let me be alone." Okay, no problem. Like that's valid too. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if they know what they need. Yeah. Can I tell that story that I just read to you this morning? Sure. You're going to be able to remember it. Yes. I'm reading this. I've already read it a number of times, but sometimes on Sunday morning when we have time, I pick it up again. It's called Tiny Beautiful Things, and it's by Cheryl Strayed. And she wrote Wild um, and a few other books, Torch, I think. And she is the – she used to write an advice column called Dear Sugar, and she did it anonymously, meaning she was sugar, but nobody ever knew that Cheryl Strayed was sugar. She – took all of her columns and made it into a book called Tiny Beautiful Things. And it's gorgeously written. Like I've, it's so beautifully written. I read it over and over again. And she also now has a podcast called Dear Sugar. Mm-hmm. In she, I, I won't tell the whole story, but the essence of the story is she was working with boys who were angry. She was a youth advocate. And this one boy who had an awful story, his, he found his father dead. His mother was an addict. Um, it just really had a lot of anger. And she was, as a group, she and some other people were able to give him some ways to release his anger. Um, they had this thing where they would like pound on their legs and pretend to create rain, or they would teach him how to walk and move his body when he was angry. And he, there was some graduation night for this group that he was in, and he was so excited because his mom and his uh, mom's boyfriend were supposed to come. They didn't show up, and it turns out that they had been arrested. His mom had been prostituting herself or something. And he was the only kid there without a parent figure there, and they were so worried about him, and he was so angry. And he was able to say, you know, how angry he was. And he started to walk away from the adults who were trying to attend to him. Mm -hmm. And they kept saying, Brandon, come back here. Brandon, talk to us. And he yelled back at them, I'm not doing anything wrong. He was walking. Yeah. He was doing what they told him to do. Right. And Cheryl, in she says, immediately, I got it. Mm-hmm. I understood that he was using his tools. Right. We've been trying to give him all these tools. And then the minute that he, he starts using them, we get mad because he's, he's not doing it on our us. schedule. Exactly. He's yeah. not doing it when we tell him to do it. Right. So he walked. He walked outside. He walked, walked, walked. He came back. And he graduated mm. by himself. Mm. And her the, – the paragraph that I don't have memorized is she basically said, we don't have a right to be helpless. We need to take responsibility for ourselves and our own behavior. And even a kid like this who had had all these things happen to him, who could tell a sob story the rest of his life if he wanted to, he was taking responsibility for his own life. I'm going to work this anger out and I'm going to go back there and graduate. Yeah. And what a great lesson lesson and model that is for us who tell the story over and over again about how, oh, if you only knew my story and how difficult my life is. You guys, it's not a competition. Right. We've all had trauma. We've all experienced really heavy, difficult things. We have to take responsibility for our own life and our own behavior. And what I feel that we're trying to help our children with is the resilience to do so, the tools to do so. You know, just telling them they're bad and throwing them in a timeout, there's no tool right. in that. Yeah. That is fear and that is shame. 
And instead, it's the time, as Todd keeps saying, it takes time to unravel what you're feeling. Why has it gotten this heightened? And the only way that you were in a position to do such a thing yesterday is because you you created some space for yourself to allow for this to happen. The best predictor of a child's well-being, well-being, <laughs> thank you, is a parent's self-understanding. If I don't practice my own self-awareness, there is no way You're gonna I be could have that conversation yeah. with them because I would just be like, well, I'm mad because of the shoe. Yeah. And I would stay at that level. So you're always digging deep. You're always going layers below, sweetie. Always. And again, you don't have to, don't be like me and don't be like Todd. Be like you, but be self-aware. The, the, the key is not to do exactly what we do. The key is because everybody self-awareness looks different. Right. But what do you – and again, a big piece of self-awareness is trusting your feeling of this isn't right because that was a big part of it is we usually stay out of their arguments. They kind of figure it out, work it through, walk away. I could feel mm-hmm. that this needed me. Yeah. And I don't always feel and, – and Intuition. It, and it wasn't like – Oh, they're driving me crazy. I'm going to, you know, get in there. It was something I'm required mm-hmm. here. And that is self-awareness in itself. If we're on autopilot and we're just throwing out discipline and consequences left and right because we can't stand the noise, mm-hmm. there's nothing in there that's necessarily conscious. Right. That's just how do I stop them from doing what they're doing? Because they're upsetting me. They're upsetting me. We got to move on. Okay. Um, second partner, sweetie, is John Kelly. He's our dentist, among other things. He does comprehensive dentistry. He's he actually sure giving our two of, two of our daughters non-retractable orthodontics. So, And you got your teeth cleaned. I did. No cavities. Yay for me. Good for you. And no cavities for those other two girls good, either. Good, good, good. Um, but you and Skyler still have to go in. I know. We'll get there. Uh, ChicagoDentistOnline.com, 773-631-6844. Um, John is one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. So he's your man. Um, on that note, since we're kind of at a middle place, let's yeah. talk about the retreat. Okay. Yeah. Mother's Day retreat. So Go ahead. Mother's Day retreat actually starts next week, yeah. May 4th through May 8th. These May are the so, 4th be with you. <laughs> these retreats are so fun for Todd and I and for everyone who gets involved because really it's just, it's a t- completely virtual retreat. Um, we use podcasts, we use email and social networking just to kind of create a, a Refuel your tank. Yeah. Like- Let's come together and talk about what's most important mm-hmm. and let's focus on that. And actually, you know, what Todd and I always talk about is what focus what you focus on grows. Well, if you want to grow something, why don't you do it for a week? And yeah. when I say do it, it's not really a do, it's a be. It's an awareness. You know, it's an awareness. Let's 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 practice. Let's notice. Let's and um the title of this Mother's Day virtual retreat is We Use True Balance. We're gonna talk about what that means. Um, and my, the greatest thing about our retreats is if you register, you can gift the retreat to someone for free. So you have like a workout partner. Exactly. That's what I like about it. So go to uh, zenparentingradio.com, click on events, and you'll see where you register. And we've got a great group so far, uh, some new people, some people who have done a lot of our retreats. But I think you will be very happy that you did because mothers, especially, even though it's not just for mothers, yeah. everyone can do it. They deserve more than one day because yes. Mother's Day is the 10th. That's right. Give, you know, if you have a mother in your life, give them this gift and or buy it for yourself and gift it to someone. There you go. So there you go. Um, so we were 36 minutes in. That's fine. 
do we want to do a listener's question or do we want to talk about behavior being neutral? I just need to, I don't need to go into a deep talk about right. the behavior part. What do you mean so, behavior is neutral? So like I was saying, I was on, you know, kind of going through Shafali's teleconference with, with everyone. And one thing that she wrote was a woman was sharing uh, some challenges she was having and, and about behavior, about kids' behavior. And Shafali simply wrote, behavior is neutral. It's how we respond to it. Or what goes on in us when we observe the behavior that makes it what it is. And I think that'll be very hard for a lot of people to grasp, understandably. Well, can I invite you to help me understand how when those girls were arguing with each other yesterday, that didn't seem neutral. They were being mean to each other. Well, what that means is that a lot of times it's not necessarily what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's that our response to it is not really based on what's happening in that moment. What is it based on? It's based on our history with what that behavior means. What I mean by that is it's either on our history of what fighting brought up in us or the fighting that we experienced and how it traumatized us or watching that behavior and assuming it is going to mean something for the future. They are yelling at each other, which means that they are going to grow up to be yelling, disrespectful, disobedient, unkind people. That thought and that story is what causes us to respond the way we do to them. That is why we show up screaming. That is why we show up so angry at them, not because of what they're doing in that moment, but because our fear of what we think it means based on our history and our future. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. It's kind of a, you know, Zen parenting 102. It is. It is. It's a, it's a deeper layer, but I'll give you an example. Uh, I don't even, I don't think this was in Shafali's thing, but someone else was telling me about their child who was walking really slow. It was time to get in the car Mm -hmm. and she, you know, the mom was saying, you got to get in the car. And this child was walking, re- you know how kids like walk extraordinarily slow yeah, yeah. to get to the car. And this mom was saying, can you believe what a rude kid he is right. for doing that? Can you believe how disrespectful? And he's that's where slow. the behavior is neutral. He, he's walking slow. He's walking slow. You are applying Mm -hmm. rudeness and disrespect to that behavior. And hey, maybe he is trying to get your attention, but meaning that maybe he really doesn't want to go or maybe, Mm. but to put all that on him. On that behavior. And then to say, now I need to discipline him accordingly because he's rude Mm -hmm. when none of that's true. Right. And what if we just said, like, you know what? I don't know if you've noticed, but in the morning, more this pretty much this whole school year school year i get the girls i'm getting the girls ready you and i both are we we tag team in the morning and i will get my bag and say girls i'll meet you in the car mm-hmm. have you noticed how i've been doing that this year it's a better system because then i'm out of it yeah and we they have been tardy a few times yeah tardy slips and i'm like well it's not a see i told you so it's a if we're not in the car by 802 this is what happens so i will be in the car at 802 yeah but because if you stay in the house, then we continue to say, come on, let's go, yes. move it, put your shoes on faster, blah, 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 and blah, blah. And they like continue to mull around. And, and if I'm gone, 
then they're on their own. Yes, we are instilling a little bit of responsibility. And that's and they have shown over and over, they eventually get out there. But there are times when they have been late and we pull up and they're like, wait, where's this, where that? I'm like, girls, you're going to be late. Mm-hmm. You got to run in. But the behavior, the, the whole idea of getting all angry about it, and then we have this assumption that the more hostile we become, mm-hmm. the more they're going to learn. Right. And that's not true. Exactly. Hostility doesn't make their brain learn something more. Hostility makes us feel like crap Mm -hmm. and makes them feel shamed. Mm -hmm. There's a very neutral place. Well, you can, whenever, you know, quote unquote, disciplining your kids, you can uh, say things and mean them, but you don't have to be mean about how you say them. Exactly. You can say, I need you to clean the bathroom. Right. Instead of saying, oh, my God, the bathroom's such a mess. I can't what? believe you. I can't believe you, kids. You don't appreciate anything yet. I need you to clean the bathroom. And, and a, someone, a parent would say to us, mm. and I've heard it a million times because I give these examples, well, if I say it that way, they're not going to take me seriously. Do you think they're taking you seriously when you're yelling at them all right. the time? They're like rolling their eyes at you. Mm. There, there are kids who tell they me. They tune out instantly. Yes. There are kids who say, my mom yells all the time. I don't even hear what she's saying. Yeah. So, and dad. I yeah. don't want to just blame moms here. Um, but what we, they can actually hear us if we talk in a regular tone. You know, uh, last week, here's an example, Todd, of um, one of our daughters wanted help on math right before it was time to go to school. Oh, yeah. And, great timing. Yeah, great timing. And we were kind of making a joke about it, like, uh, but then we got in the car and I said, did you figure that? Because I was already in the car. And she came out and I said, did you figure out the question you asked? And she said, no. And um, I said, do you have a test today or something? And she said, yes. And I said, ooh, that blows that you're mm-hmm. asking this morning. And I said, what about last night? Was there not, you know, what, what went on last night? She said, I just didn't have enough time. And I looked at her and I said, is that true? Mm-hmm. Did you really not have enough time? And I kind of was joking with her because I was like, I think there was a TV show on for 45 minutes. Did you really not have enough time? She goes, well, I was tired. I go, but look at what you did to your morning. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so chaotic because I said, you know, I go, these are all your choices, but do you see how it plays out? End of story. Over. Then we didn't talk about it. But me yelling at her and making her feel awful about it, right? I don't think that would have taught anything. No. I, it's just a shortcut that is less effective. Yeah. And then we end up, we get out of the car and we feel awful. Mm-hmm. So we hurt ourselves while we're hurting them. Yeah. Everybody gets hurt. Hurt for everybody. Yay. Hurt Yay. for everybody. Um, so... Just because we love this movie, I want to play another clip. Okay. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want more than anything in the world? You want the big blue ribbon? Uh Uh-huh, that's what you want. You want red? No, you don't want red. You want yellow? No, you don't want yellow. You want to go home with the blue. What do you see in front of me? What do you see in front of me? You see a big blue ribbon. It's right here in front of you. You want it? You come and you grab it. You get it. She's not listening to you. She's She's freaking out. Well, get your busy bee. You want your busy Busy bee. Get your busy bee. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. It's in the crate. Where is it? It's in the crate. <laughs> Why do you have it out to begin with? Where is the crate? It's not in here. It's not in here. It should be in the crate. It's not in the crate. I just told you that. God damn it. If she doesn't get a door, she's going to flip out. <laughs> it's not in here. You left it at the hotel. You go back and you get her busy me. Go to the hotel and get busy me. Run. Run. That is how some people parent. That is such a good example that you just pulled up. I can't believe. Is the parents of, okay, that's a dog. 
and I'm sure many. Yeah, and for those of you who haven't seen that movie, it is. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. Well, it's like any of Christopher Guest's movie, Waiting for Guffman, or yeah. you know, A Mighty Wind. It's like it's kind of a um, imp- uh, what is it called? Improvisational movie where he gives them an idea and just run with it, and they have to just act like they're those people. Yeah, and so you it ta- it has that feel. It's so real mm-hmm. and. In that movie, they this th- that couple, especially with their busy bee dog, they have all the anxiety, they have all the problems, and they take their dog to therapy thinking it's got something to do with their dog. Right. And that's just a great example of sometimes how we're so in our own... Can't you just say, go get the busy bee? <laughs> no. Do you have to freak out? And we parents, we freak out. Yeah. And we don't have to. We think... And it's because we don't have awareness. We are not aware of what we're doing. Exactly. We uh, we identify with what's going inside of our head. There's no space in between stimulus and reaction. That's we just right. We just react. And what Todd means by stimulus and reaction is we a feeling comes up and we accept it as full-on truth. Yes. Like, oh, if I'm having this feeling, I have to respond. And what we don't understand is that feelings, are they're real, but you can breathe through it. You can... You can question the story that's going on in your head. You can take – that's why taking space from something is so important. You've got to separate and that's what mindfulness practice is. Meditation is a type mm-hmm. of way to practice mindfulness. We, Todd and I just watched uh, John Kabat-Zinn. It's an interview the other day um, on Oprah. It was, it was on a few weeks ago, but we just finally watched it. And you know the point that <laughs> – Yes, John Kevitson, he's the best, and Oprah. And he was talking about how mindfulness is a life practice. It's not just meditating. meditating it's not the 20 minutes or the half hour no. or the hour. Mindfulness is every day, all the time. That doesn't mean you're going to be mindful every day, all the time, but that's what it is. It's kind of like, you know, when people go to church and they love everybody, and then the minute they leave church, they're then they're, at they're cursing at yeah. somebody. It's practice. It's an everyday practice of everyday moments. What meditation is, is it's like lifting weights. Yeah. It's like helping that muscle, that right. mindfulness For muscle. For you to use it the other 23 hours out of the day. Exactly. And But he says, medi- you know, mindfulness is a living practice. And the example he gives is uh, that he gives several, he's got so many books, but he talks about when you're in the shower, mm-hmm. take a shower. Yeah. Be in the shower. Be in the shower. And when you realize you're not in the shower and your brain is on everything else, the moment you come back and go, oh, I'm in the shower, you're mindful. And give yourself some kudos for that. So what Kathy means by that is, you know, of course you're in the shower. What do you mean I'm not in the shower? A lot of people who are taking a shower are thinking about the meeting that they have in an hour. Or what someone just said to them two hours ago. Right. So the idea is when you're in the shower, be in the shower. That's right. And you're washing the dishes, wash, wash the, the dishes. dishes. And when you float away, which mm-hmm. your brain will do, because that's what brains do. The minute you're aware that, that, that you get distracted and you bring it back, that is mindfulness. And you are building a muscle in your brain mm-hmm. to be more mindful. Right. You are changing the gray matter in your brain every time you figure that so out. So when you're in the shower and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about my meeting that happens in an hour. That moment is when you're being mindful. You're practicing. And then you're going to float away again. And people will say, well, it's not working. I keep floating away. Welcome to being human. Yes. Our brains are constantly moving. Mm. And that's the thing. Your brain doesn't stop. What you do is you begin to notice how your thoughts and how your brain is constantly moving and talking without your permission. And you don't have to agree with everything it's saying. So how this connects to what you know, Todd was just saying, is that when we are talking to our children or deciding to be volatile or not being volatile, we think we should get angry because we're having that feeling. But can we take 
a little space between our reaction and our feeling and choose something different. I said this a few weeks ago. One of my favorite self-awareness quotes now is self-awareness gives us the ability to make new choices. If we don't practice self-awareness, we're going to be on autopilot. We're going to be at the mercy of our reacting. emotions. Only reacting. Only reactive. Out so self-awareness gives you choices. So we ran out of time for the listener's question. Okay. So we'll do that on Friday. Okay. Because we do have a second show this week. Excellent. Uh, on Friday. And then our last partner is Avid Company, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Avidco.net. Jeremy Kraft is the owner. He's a bald-headed beauty. And his phone number is 630-956-1800. Um, anything else we want to promote, sweetie? Uh, no, Empowerment Project, Monday, May 18th. Get your tickets. Make it a date night with your girls. And bring your sons, too. They'll, they'll love it, too. Um, and also the Mother's Day virtual retreat. Get uh, Register yourself. And you have a, a book, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn. If you're interested in reading that book, just go to our website, ZenParentingRadio.com, and click on... Store. Store. Or go to Amazon. Yeah. I have three books. Either one. Um... What about words of wisdom, sweetie? You know, I'm going to stick with um, behavior is neutral because I feel like it can't be said enough. Behavior is what it is. How we respond to it is a whole different story. And I'm going to stick with keep on trucking, everybody, because that's what you need to do. That's new. Just keep on trucking. Um, that's all I got. Have a great week, and we'll see you again on Friday. Friday. Friday fun day. Friday is fun day. All right. Adios. Adios.